Hello and welcome back to 15 Minutes of Fascism, a sadly topical podcast covering the global rise of the radical right. I'm Dr. Craig Johnson, bringing to you this week a continuation of my new mini-series, The Faces of Fascism. This mini-series touches on the lives and politics of living members of the fascist and extreme right-wing movements around the world. Last week, I talked about, you know, the big person in the news that week, Tucker Carlson. This week, I'm talking about a more perennial figure on the extreme right wing, at least in the present day in the United States. His name is Nick Fuentes. Nick Fuentes is one of the leading lights of the online and in-person right wing in the United States. He was born August 18th, 1998. He is a member of Gen Z, pretty decidedly. And he's born in the Chicago area to a family which he claims has some Mexican heritage, hence his name. Fuentes was president of his school council and also spoke on his school's, you know, like in-school media, you know, like TV broadcasty thing. He was known in high school for his charisma and his personality. After attending high school, he went to Boston University for a year, but dropped out, claiming that he had received threats from fellow students for attending the Charlottesville Unite the Right rally in 2017. In reality, he was dropping out in order to be a full-time right-wing YouTuber and streamer, which continues to be his job. In 2017, he started a stream called America First with Nicholas Fuentes, a Gen Z hyper right-wing news commentary stream that essentially mimics the format of something like The Daily Show or Last Week Tonight with John Oliver, the format being, you know, man in a suit in front of a background talking at you, right? Nick Fuentes, in his personal life, was raised as Catholic and continues to hold that religion very close to his heart. He also claims to be an incel, a supposed, you know, involuntary celibate, quote-unquote. To understand more about that particular form of politics, you can go listen to the relevant episode in, you know, in this podcast, in 15 Minutes of Fascism. But the gist is that the idea is that these people claim that they have never had a woman who wanted to have sex with them and that they perceive this as not just a, a personal slight or a personal failing, but as like a societal level failure and just sort of a state of war against men. So Fuentes claims that he is such a person. He has been accused by some of his followers and by some other people online of being a, quote, voluntary celibate because he admits to having kissed a girl in high school. Fuentes continues to maintain that he is an incel because he thinks that women are disgusting. He is also constantly plagued by people suggesting that he is a homosexual, which is something that his politics would not accept. Personally, I am politically opposed to speculating about the sexualities of other people. Personally, I think it's kind of beneath us, you know, if a person has a sexuality that they don't feel comfortable or safe expressing because of the social universe that they have put themselves in, that's... I. I, I think that that's tragic as opposed to something to celebrate or mock. However, this is, of course, not presenting Fuentes as a victim here. He is 100% a perpetrator of this kind of oppressive language and oppressive perspective, which I'll talk about in a second. But in order to understand exactly what Fuentes is and how he behaves online, you have to understand the kinds of political speech that he engages in. His show, America First, and all of his other political presentations and appearances on any other podcasts or, you know, talk shows or whatever, it's all satirical. But it's satirical in a very specific way. In particular, it's the exact opposite 
of the kind of satire that he is presenting himself as engaging in, right? It's the exact opposite of something like The Daily Show or Last Week Tonight, and especially the exact opposite of the kind of satire that made Stephen Colbert famous. So for example, normal satire, as we normally think about it, is something like The Colbert Report, right? The Colbert Report was a joke show by a liberal man, Stephen Colbert, in which he pretended to be presenting the opinions of somebody like Bill O'Reilly, you know, a bombastic, hyper-conservative figure. In that context, the host would be saying, you know, intense, crazy, terrifying right-wing things, and the joke was that the text, what the host was actually saying, was not the real message. The real message is, can't you see how ridiculous all of the things that this host is saying is? You know, another example would be Jonathan Swift's A Modest Proposal. A Modest Proposal is a, is a pamphlet by Jonathan Swift from the 18th century, and it is a, it's a proposal that people in England start eating Irish babies in order to have Irish people contribute to the national economy, right? That's the, that's, that's the quote-unquote modest proposal. If you read this, you know, obviously, that the text that this author is suggesting that we start to eat children, the text is not the message. The message is that the English nation is already consuming Irish children, right? That's the message. The message is that this over-the-top perspective is supposed to get at some underlying truth. Fuentes and other people on the right wing in general, like right-wing meme culture in general, absolutely 100% inverts this perspective. Rather than using a joke, a joke text, in order to get across a radical and subversive idea, Fuentes uses what he considers to be the truth as the text. He says what he believes and uses the posture of joke, of satire, and of irony in order to be able to get that across, right? This is, this is a complete inversion. Fuentes says what he believes. He just says it as a joke in order to hide himself, in order to shield himself from the repercussions of what he says. The text is the message. In the words of fellow right-wing provocateur of Fuentes' Adam Anglin, the founder of Stormfront, the joke is the, quote, cherry flavor in the children's medicine bottle. It, it gets the ideas across in a way that people find palatable. What Fuentes actually does say, the text in his supposed jokes, is a potent mix of oldie-time, extreme right-wing talking points and Gen Z-inflected hyper-online speech. Fuentes, for example, believes in the concept of quote-unquote white genocide. He believes that white people in the United States are being replaced by people of color, not just in terms of power, but like demographically. He believes that the United States is systematically trying to reduce the number of white children born in the United States. He believes that the United States is at its heart a white country. Fuentes is openly anti-Semitic. He will very openly talk about his dislike of Jewish people. Like he'll, he'll just like say that. He has notably tweeted before, quote, Jews run the news, end quote. Fuentes is a Holocaust denialist. Specifically, he denies that 6 million Jewish people could have possibly been killed so fast. This is a common Holocaust denialist perspective, a way to, you know, avoid the horror of what the Holocaust actually was. Fuentes is opposed to queer rights. For example, he believes that trans people are some sort of medical deviant. That's what he believes. He thinks that homosexual people are responsible for 
the existence of the disease AIDS and the existence of this mass death that was ignored by the United States government. Fuentes is also openly opposed to women's rights. He thinks that women are beneath men, which is in common with many of the other people who identify themselves as quote-unquote insults. Fuentes has openly supported eliminating female suffrage, which is a, a step beyond the way that a lot of other people on the right wing in the United States talk about women. Fuentes is, in other words, an integralist Catholic. His politics is a revival of the kind of politics that, that, that's in my dissertation, right? My dissertation is about Catholic politics in the 1950s, 60s, and 70s in Latin America. You know, stodgy, old, stuck-up conservative Catholics who believe in monarchy and in retribution for changes to their society. They believe in the Crusades. They believe in opposition to democracy and diversity. They're opposed to queer rights. They're opposed to anything on the left. Fuentes has made a, a new sort of youthful, accented version of this particular form of Catholicism. And it is a particularly potent one because Fuentes's politics is incredibly popular. He was one of the biggest streamers on YouTube for a very long time, and he remains one of the biggest streamers today. People who watch Fuentes, uh, people who watch his show, people who follow his politics, they're called Groypers, G-R-O-Y-P-E-R. -E this is a variant on the Ye Olde Peppy the Frog meme, which has long been a marker of belonging to the extreme right wing. Fuentes has been regularly removed from a lot of streaming sources. At this point, he's been deplatformed. That is, you know, his accounts have been removed from pretty much all mainstream sites, YouTube, Reddit, Twitch, and also most of the mainstream funding sites like Patreon, for example. However, he has moved on to a bunch of sites that specifically host a lot of white nationalists. For example, Truth Social, the one that is run by Donald Trump's company, Rumble, and his own Cozy.tv, which is run in collaboration with Infowars. More on those connections later. Fuentes remains an extremely popular streamer on all of these platforms. He's one of the most popular and successful online streamers of all time. He fuels this support. He fuels his audience by engaging in a lot of feuds with other right-wing talking heads, people who are to his left, you know, people like Ben Shapiro, for example. Fuentes is openly and extremely critical of the mainstream right, not just the Republican Party, but also the right wing of the Republican Party, right? He is extremely critical of a lot of the people in the Conservative Political Action Committee, for example. That is why he founded his own major right wing organization, a group called the America First Political Action Committee, which is a more right wing version of CPAC. It often meets in the same place as CPAC at the same time as CPAC. So historically, you know, in Orlando, but most recently this happened in the Washington, D.C. area. Its meetings have also seen the typical GOP right wing crossover people attend and speak at the meetings. For example, representatives Paul Gosar and Marjorie Taylor Greene, who have long been go-betweens between the sort of mainstream part of the Trump political base in the Republican Party and the hyper-extreme right wing that has sat outside the Republican Party supporting Trump from afar. And on that note, speaking of people who sat on the sidelines of the mainstream Republican coalition that supported Trump but were nevertheless there for him, in the end, Nick Fuentes was there at the U.S. Capitol building on January 6th, 2021. He spoke in front of a rally of Groypers telling them to, you know, go in 
and invade the Capitol building. He praised what he called the, quote, siege afterwards. Before the invasion of the Capitol building, he was openly in favor. Like he talked about how it might be good to kill state senators. Apparently, he did not enter the building at all, as far as I and other investigators have determined. He has been subpoenaed by the federal government regarding his involvement in the January 6th attempted coup. After the coup on January 6th, he sort of laid low a little bit as the right wing in general was licking its wounds, you know, trying to prepare for the 2022 midterms and eventually now for the 2024 presidential election. However, he was launched back into the national spotlight on November 22nd of last year, 2022, when he met for the first time in his life with Donald Trump. He was a guest of Ye, the artist formerly known as Kanye West, who had managed to get a meeting with Donald Trump, a lunch meeting, on the part of Milo Yiannopoulos, somebody who used to work for Infowars, where Fuentes was a contact. Ye invited Fuentes, who is apparently some sort of, or at least was, some sort of political commentator slash advisor for Ye's supposed 2024 presidential nomination bid, you know, his, his, his attempt to run as a third-party candidate in the 2024 election. Trump denies this, but the others present at that meeting and the others present around it say that he was, quote, impressed by Fuentes, who, remember, is 24 years old, right? The thing is, Fuentes is a very good public speaker. He's an extremely effective propagandist. He is very convincing to a lot of people and is, again, extremely popular and very adept when it comes to rhetoric and speaking. Today, in the wake of this meeting and in the wake of what else has been going on in the right wing, Fuentes has become a kind of doomer on right wing momentum. He thinks that the Republicans and the extreme right, especially in the United States, is way behind where they need to be vis-a-vis the 2024 presidential election cycle. And he thinks that they're especially way behind where they were in 2016 and 2020. Time will only tell if he can stay at the forefront of these movements. His problem now that, you know, this is a problem that a lot of observers of his politics have identified. His problem now is that his extreme rhetoric has become increasingly mainstream. You know, he has been such an effective propagandist that people don't need to go to just him to get this particular vitriolic, hyper-conservative, integralist, right-wing perspective, right? You can get that in a lot of places now. There are a lot more mainstream sources and a whole lot more online sources where you can access this kind of thing. And as a hyper-successful propagandist who makes his living off of online contributions, right, and from anonymous donors and things like that, the problem is that as his extreme rhetoric becomes more mainstream, he needs to move further and further right in order to stay current, which is extremely dangerous, right? He could actually move out of the window where people might actually pay him to do this. You know, he has to be careful about this. In any case, in the last several years, Fuentes has been one of the leading lights on the extreme right wing. And even if he moves to the sidelines in the coming years, he will still be a very important figure. All right, that was 15 Minutes of Fascism, a sadly topical podcast covering the global rise of the radical right. I'm Dr. Craig Johnson, thanking Sleepy Kitty Arts and Sleepy Kitty Music for our intro, outro, and graphics. If you enjoyed the podcast, please like, share, and subscribe. Please leave a review on whatever it is you're listening to this on. Check out my Patreon at patreon.com slash 15 minutes of fascism. That's 15 minutes of fascism spelled out in all one word. That's also where you can reach me on Gmail, 15 minutes of fascism at gmail.com. And I'm on Twitter at hist of the right. That's H-I-S-T of the right and fascism 15. All right. Thanks very much. And I will talk to you on Thursday.